Hi, everybody, and welcome to the Faces and FinOps powered by ProsperOps. I'm your host, John Meyer. Now, the Faces and FinOps podcast is all about highlighting thought leaders in the manage cloud management space and in their insights and how they're making an impact not only within their organization, but within the broader FinOps community. Now, typically, we don't have a topic, and we're actually talking and elevating the guests on the show, but today we have a topic. It's called visibility, shared data, and how Kudos supports the FinOps capabilities. Before we get to our topic, how about we give a moment for our guests to introduce themselves? My name is Alex Head, and I lead the optics team at AWS. Hey, everyone. My name is Wade Peel. I'm a senior FinOps success manager on the optics team. Hey, everyone. My name is Yuri Prikotka, and I'm principal technical account manager from Enterprise Support. And hi, everyone. My name is Steph Gooch, and I'm a senior optimization architect in the optics team. Okay, so we have a huge number of optics team members here, and uh, most have been on the Faces in FinOps podcast with the exception of one. We won't call that person out at all on this show. Uh, we don't want them to feel bad, but let's start talking about kudos because I know there's some recent announcements with regards to kudos to dashboards. We talked about it individually on the Faces in FinOps podcast with Yuri. Yuri, I want to kick things off. What is kudos? What is it all about? Right. So think about Kudos as a, you know, all this knowledge and experience which we have, like optimization architects from Optics, technical account managers from enterprise support. So at one day we decided, look, let's take it all and we'll build a dashboard uh, where we visualize your cost and usage data in, you know, exactly the way as we visualize for our uh, largest and the most complex customers. And then let's make it. Uh, Let's make template out of this dashboard and make it available for any AWS customers to deploy it and use, this, use it as a self-service tool. So actually get access to all these best practices um, in just a matter of, you know, a couple of minutes to uh, deploy it. So that's where Kudos comes from as general idea. But overall, Kudos is a quick site uh, dashboard which any customer can deploy and use as a self-service tool. Self uh, which helps them to, you know, visualize their cost and usage and get up to, you know, resource, resource level details, actionable insights, recommendations, which actually help them to get, a, like, minimize amount of time which they spend on analyzing the data and actually maximize amount of time which they spend on acting on this uh, recommendation. That's actually key on acting on the recommendations. And one of the biggest things that I find not only with uh, FinOps with cost optimization and doing all these things is I have this visibility. In most cases, you don't have this visibility. You can't see it. You don't know how to see it. The skill sets aren't there to pull the data or it's coming into various dashboards. Now what Kudos is doing is bringing this all this data into one visibility. Alex? Yes. I mean, first off, it's just so cool to see how far it's come. Like I remember Yuri and I meeting about this two, three years ago? Three years ago. Three years ago. Three years ago. We were at reInvent and we were pushing and pushing it on um, customers. And now we have actual sessions all around Kudos. So I think that the visibility piece is making people, I mean, they're more informed, but they're also uh, able to collaborate better because everyone's looking at that same uh, visualization. They're understanding the data. They're learning the data. and actioning on that data. So a common visibility of the data, right? It's not everybody has their own dashboard and you have to educate this person on what it looks like and they leave the company and now they have to be re-educated on another dashboard and what it looks like. 
what Kudos is doing is bringing a common language, and I'm going to use some FinOps terminology like common lexicon for their companies so they can see the data. Wade, what type of data is visible within the Kudos dashboards that everyone can see or actually query about? Yeah, um, I think some of my favorite data to look at there is some of the unit economics data, because that's how we get into some of the end state of cloud financial management and FinOps is understanding as we've changed our consumption over time, how does that unit economic level of spending go? All the effort that we're putting in towards saving costs, we can actually measure that using the Kudos dashboard. And then also what's really cool is you can pipe in some of your own company data um, and you can use that to get a, you know, another layer of unit economic level of spend with the, you know, the AWS customers and customer. Steph, one of the things that we talked about is the S3 multi-part upload that you educated me on that is visible within the Kudos dashboard now. Yep. We want to talk about that, help everybody understand what the multi-part upload is and the, ver the possibility of it failing, but still actually sitting in S3 that you can't visibly see within the bucket. Yeah, sure. So this is a way that you can easily make savings. And it's often something small that adds up over time. And what it is, is when you are uploading an object into S3, if it's too big, we'll break up into small parts and then upload them individually. Now, if something happens in the upload process and it fails or it cancels or something like that, it means that some of the object made it, but the rest hasn't. And therefore you cannot access the full object but you will still be paying for the storage of the object that made it. And so incomplete multi-part uploads, very simple to fix, but a great way in Kudos to identify them is on that S3 tab. If you scroll down to the bottom, you can see which buckets have those incomplete multi-part uploads very easily and how many. And that means that you can add a lifecycle policy to automatically delete them, automatically stop paying any costs on it. But having that list of buckets is so helpful because if you are a huge organization and you have hundreds of thousands of buckets, you don't want to have to manually make it on all of them if you haven't got any infrastructure as code or any automation. So at least you can target the buckets that are relevant. Yuri, talk to me about Kudos itself, is that there are various dashboards that you can deploy. Kudos isn't actually one dashboard. There's, oh, it is. It is. It's one dashboard, but there's different variations that you can deploy, like financial or other, yeah, because we, I know there's a whole workshop page and everything on it. Absolutely. And that's that's very in interesting with the naming of this. So Kudos is a dashboard, yeah, and and we have different dashboards, and we call them cloud intelligence dashboards. It's umbrella name for the project. But the Kudos as a name became so much popular and people so much love it that they often attribute, you know, name Kudos to entire project. But I would say we, we like it, you know, whatever, whatever <laughs> works for customers. If they like to call it like all the dashboard Kudos, we are fine with that. For example, in um, FinOps Foundation, in state of the FinOps report this year, um, AWS Kudos was uh, among top five, uh, the most used FinOps tools. but Actually, what is meant there, all cloud intelligence dashboards, right? So it's, uh, it's interesting how people kind of come up with uh, naming us. But uh, we have more dashboards than only Kudos. We have dashboards for Compute Optimizer, for Trusted Advisor, KPI dashboard, by the way, um, and many more. We extend this approach because it turned out to be very popular among customers when, you know, customers don't want to deal with raw data, with cost and usage reports. They want to deal with visualizations, which are much easier to understand. And, and they, they really like this approach. So we're expanding it now to, we recently released sustainability proxy metric dashboard in the scope of cloud intelligence dashboard project, where we visualize metrics, not just for phenomes, but for sustainability proxy metrics from our well-architected uh, well white paper. So customers read about metrics that they 
like we recommend them to track. And with the dashboard, they can actually track them. You know, they do not need to think about, okay, how we can, you know, get started with it. Um, another thing that what we released recently is cloud intelligence dashboard for Azure, which allows you actually to bring, you know, data from other cloud provider and visualize in QuickSight together with AWS pending usage. So it, it, it basically becomes a kind of standard or a concept how customers consume this huge amount of data in a more actionable way. I think what you're also thinking of is that on those dashboards, there's so many views. And so I think what you're thinking of is like the, we have the different views per dashboard. So, I mean, you guys should kind of see that as multiple dashboards, but you can see all these different focus on them. Um, but with the standardization, the coolest part of that is it's a standardized starting point. It's not a, this is the one way or the highway. <laughs> my my uh, acronyms are a little off today. But it's, here's where we start. Now let's see what really cool stuff we can do with this data. Alex, is there any thought for AWS to include these dashboards as a standard when a, an account is deployed? Oh, deferred. Oh. Exactly, exactly, exactly. <laughs> I don't want to say the wrong thing. That's, no. that's what is happening right now at reInvent. So just yesterday we announced that uh, we have a new feature, which is called Data Expert. It's like uh, Cost and Usage Report 2.0. It adds additional capabilities on top of curves that we know, but it also has a very great feature, which is inspired by cloud intelligence dashboards and by CUDAs. So now every customer can provision cost and usage dashboard, which is not exactly the CUDAs, but inspired by CUDAs, straight from AWS console. So in a matter of a couple of clicks. And the idea actually to help customers to get this data in QuickSight and you know, analyze it in QuickSight as early as possible in their FinOps journeys. So any customer who is exploring, okay, what should I, which service is available in the console for cost cost reporting for cost management, they actually will see this option. Hey, I can provision a dashboard in QuickSight. So we want them to actually provision this dashboard and get into this concept as early as possible. And then they can, if they want to dive deeper into, you know, insights, details, resource level recommendations, they can deploy cloud intelligence dashboards like Kudos and other dashboards as a, as a solution. So it's, it's, it's already became part of AWS uh, service offering. Okay, so you're already doing it. My question is mute. <laughs> We're accomplishing it and as a service offering. Steph, talk to me about how are you getting customers to deploy out these dashboards and be confident that they are ultimately going to show the right data and that, you know, they feel as a customer, I'm already doing this. I don't need the Kudos dashboards. But how are you talking to customers that this will help you ultimately achieve more results and more visibility into your cost? So I think often we start with showing them how simple it is to deploy, getting them onboarded, showing them the low cost of how much it is in comparison to other ones that they might want to try. And often if it's an early part of the FinOps journey, it's helping them deploy it and then say, have a look, have a play, see what you like about this. And then if you want to spend more on a third party tool, then at least you know the data, you get to know the data and understand what you're looking for. And then you can advance if you'd like, but it has so many features in it that are free natively that you could try. Uh, but yeah, building up their experience and trust with the data takes a little bit of time and understanding there are so many tabs. People often mention how many tabs there are, but it's quite nice because it kind of caters for all different types of workloads. So I often get them to go and have a look and then set like a challenge for them to try and find this metric or try and find your highest usage last month 
or the highest account last month. And then once they do that, they have that bit of, okay, let me go investigate. Let me see what's going on and then learn it themselves rather than just watching someone else present on air, which isn't necessarily the best way of learning something. So yeah, giving them a challenge and then getting them to feedback to me. What's your favorite visual? What did you like? Which one did you find? Did you find some spend that you weren't anticipating and things like that? So making it more engaging as a tool rather than here's some pretty pictures, go and have a look. So are you guys helping put on like a workshop for it and kind of a guide? I actually think that's a good idea for reInvent. By the way, I'd like to put this out there if you want to do a reInvent workshop, like training step-by-step tutorial of deploying it. Am I too late or are you already doing this? Or did I do it last year? <laughs> oh, well, all right. So we can strike that from the record. Uh, anyway, are you doing this for customers recording like, uh, you know, kind of a step-by-step? -step? Is there something, one of the websites that already have it active? I know you have the uh, well-architected labs right, to deploy it? Does it work, walk customers through step-by-step step to find the data? Because I think that's very valuable is that they have to find these metrics and understand where they're at. And, and Alex, <laughs> I can see you ready to like itch and to... Well, no, I mean, it's it's funny because Steph and I have been talking a lot uh, this week about sort of the gamification, right? I think that is the next step. I, I think we're also working with, you know, FinOps Foundation of like, could we, we partner on some of this gamification? And there's a lot of resources out there. I mean, we've, you've seen some of them people talking on your show. But what I want to highlight of what Steph said is, isn't that the greatest part about FinOps, right? Making that data accessible for people who didn't think they could even get started with it so that they don't have to print the data. Like um, I tried to the first time. So I think that's kind of the beauty of like taking people who maybe are more business or finance and showing them something like kudos and saying, hey, this is way more accessible than you think. And like kind of letting them figure it out from there. I mean, there, there is a lot of resources and we need to get even better at that. And our 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 show, uh, our weekly show has a lot of walkthroughs. But the best part is that people kind of just get to go through it. Aimlessly like kind of figure out what makes sense to them and what doesn't. Wait, talk to me about the Kudos dashboard. What is your favorite feature on it that you like to talk to your customers about and showcase it, and then they see the value, the ultimate value of utilizing it? Yeah, uh, favorite feature. I was just looking at this yesterday on a customer meeting, and we're looking at um, the combined EC2 purchase options uh, because you know a lot of customers look at their savings plans, their reserved instances, and saying like Cost Explorer, you have to look at different places for those. So what's really cool about Kudos is we can kind of look at that, including also Spot, and so we can get a better idea of what's our uh, EC2 purchase option mix. Um, shameless plug, if people need to go to a session on that COP210 on Thursday, uh, we'll be doing a whole talk, chalk talk around that. So I think that's really important uh, for customers to be able to understand because compute is oftentimes like the biggest consuming spend for our customers. Um, and then kind of to piggyback on what Alex and Steph have been saying is the curve can be a little intimidating. And so understanding some of the, the domain knowledge and some of the fields that are within that, that the, the Kudos dashboards allow you to do, it's going to help build people's confidence to write an Athena query to be able to get more deep into the data. And so this is like a good stepping stone and learning tool for people to get more comfortable with those finance personas that might have thought, oh, I could never write a SQL query. You really can. And uh, there's a lot of resources out there to help train. Every time you mention the cur, I think of a conversation I had with Alex of her spreading out all the cur file <laughs> down the hallway at the one yeah. job of like analyzing the file over and over. You still do that? Uh, no, it gets worse. So what I did was I had bought AWS for dummies when I was a contractor and it was the first time I ever saw even what AWS was. 
And I worked at the Weather Channel at the point at the time. I had printed it out. I was so embarrassed how much printer it took. And I was just like this new little contractor. So I just took it and took it home. And I slept walked. And I woke up to all of them lined up on the floor. And I was like, this is a new, new low or new high. I mean, it obviously ended up well for me. So I'll take it. But don't do that. Sustainability. <laughs> don't print things out. Um, I am curious if I can ask what everyone's favorite view is in kudos right now I, I was really interested to hear what Wade's was and now I'm like oh, I want to know what like Yuri and Steph's are oh it's like you can't pick your like <laughs> we can pick the same like, one for me it's like picking your favorite child you know it's like <laughs> you have a slight favorite come on you got a little bit that yeah. overweighs off. so so there are a few things which I proud the most in kudos is really like actionable insights it's not like you know showing customers that your, I don't know, your three spend is growing, but rather explaining customers in visuals why it grows, yeah? So for example, we have things like, we combine several views in, in the dashboard, like your usage of things like EC2 or databases, and then together with a graph of your spend for the same, you can actually relate how your optimizations like migration to Graviton, or coverage with arise and savings plans. Actually, with the same amount of usage hours, how it reduces the cost. So you can see that in the dashboard in the same view. So it it like it's obvious for everyone how to track it back, like your, you know, your savings. And for FinOps practitioners, it allows to then very easily to, you know, report the success. Look, we have the same amount of hours, but we pay in much less here. And then also we show the impact on unit cost where like uh, cost per average instance hour, yes. Yeah. So they can see, look, because we've done ABC, we managed to actually lower it uh, to up, up to some point. Another, another favorite part in Kudos for me is uh, the visual. You were only allowed one favorite, one favorite yeah, child. He'll keep talking saying, unless you stop him. I, I just, I just, yeah, I, I just, I just want to mention it because it's usually, you know, it's kind of not um, on the first group of visuals which customers explore, but we have a lot of visuals which show you idle resources. For example, idle Kinesis data streams, which we added recently. And apparently for many customers, it falls into about like 30 to like 35% of their overall Kinesis spend to idle streams, which they can just, you know, delete and, and because they are not used. And the same we do for VPC endpoints. We show idle endpoints which are not used, but customers pay an hourly fee for that. NAT gateways, ELBs, and many other things like that where customers can just take that visual and they have a list of resources which are not used. They can, you know, eliminate that cloud waste and actually backtrack to what Alex, you said, like be but more sustainable. Yeah, so you don't need those resources to just hit the air if they don't bring uh, you any value. Yuri, you have a lot of favorite kids. <laughs> Wade, what's your favorite part before we get to Steph? Okay, uh, another favorite part, I guess, it's not a specific view, but it's that we can create specific views for our like set of accounts. Because um, in, like say, Cost Explorer, we're not able to look at multiple accounts at once super easy, um, unless you have access to like the payer account. But within the cost intelligence dashboards, if I'm a product owner and I have 15 accounts, well, I can look at all of those at one time, all the information that's relevant to me, uh, which is really, you know, uh, convenient for our customers instead of having to log into 15 different accounts to to do some diving in. 
Uh, like so, Steph, I know you got to get out of here. I want to hear what your favorite part is, and we're going to let you leave then. And I have two now. Everyone else is a favorite uh, part. Uh, and, so you got I, two favorite kids. Well, I got it's going to be a favorite visual and a favorite part, okay? Um, but shout out Yuri one, like the one where you can see idle resources. If anyone's watching who has kudos, go on your networking tab and see your idle resources because it is always a surprise. Uh, the two would be uh, month over month trends. It's probably my favorite that you can do by service and by account. And they are, what's the word? How do you describe them? They're like filter on each other? Action filters. Action filters. And so it means that if you kind of click on one of them, it will filter the other one. And that means if you're thinking, okay, what is my highest spend that's gone up recently? You can order by that. You can then figure out which accounts is driving that and vice versa for services, which means if you're looking to optimize and you're looking for a targeted optimization, you can follow that routine, that pattern and work backwards from that. So that's my favorite visual. I always show that as a high level for customers. And then my favorite part is going to be row level security because I help make it, so I'm obviously biased. <laughs> I said you couldn't pick one you made. Oh, <laughs> multi-payer then. But oh, yeah, but I'll do role-level security on uh, as well. So role-level security means that you can set who can see what data, which means if you do have hundreds of dashboards, or hundreds of accounts, you don't have to worry about everyone seeing everyone's data. And also it means that if you're a developer or an application owner, not having to filter to those accounts makes your life a lot easier and then you're more likely to use the dashboard because it's already pre-filtered to your set of information. Well, Steph, I got to leave you go. Thank you so much for joining us for this awesome episode. Thank you for having me. Enjoy the rest of the chat. All right, have a good one. Now, Yuri, let me also talk to you about version five that just came out. And I know I feel like you and I talked about it on my podcast uh, for Faces and FitOps. And we, you did a demo. You also showed and walked through some of the things. But it's also been out for two months now, somewhere in there, maybe a month. Yeah, a month. Uh, yeah. Like that. So I know some things have also changed from it or there's recent plans. What's new in version five? Yeah, so in version five, we focused on performance improvements. And we actually used to have it like, like we used to, to use direct query visuals in Kudos for resource level recommendations. What it means is that every time you open the previous version of Kudos, like QuickSight goes to S3 and picks this data for you. And sometimes, for, especially for large customers, it, it might take some time to load. So now we switch completely to QuickSight, very fast and well-performing Spice uh, storage. So all Kudos with all its insights and recommendations fits into the Spice storage. And it allows us to actually visualize anything up to resource level details with hourly granularity very, very fast, even for like extremely large customers. What we can do with that actually is what Steph was talking about, like months over months trends, where you can dive deep into details. We actually added now resource level visuals. So you can understand your trends per service, per account, per, you know, region. And by clicking what you're interested in, you can see top 10, top 20 resources, they daily spend and all the insights. So you can, in a matter of two, three clicks, can identify the top uh, cost generators in your, in, your, in your organization. And yeah, and we added one more cool stuff is everyone talking about generative AI now. So we added bedrock visuals in IEML tab. So we uncover bedrock spend, usage, whether you're using provisions throughput or using on-demand inference uh, and daily spend per model, ability to dive deeper into your uh, usage details of every model, and it's, it's pretty cool. Okay, I think the bedrock ad, the generative AI, is probably one of the best ads for version 5 because... With the up and coming, you know, the hot topic generated AI, everybody's going in there and playing with it, but they're not realizing the cost. 
and they're not realizing what they're using. And then it goes running and some guy goes home for the weekend, then he's off or whatever for a month and he forgets that he spun it up. And then all of a sudden, uh, I don't know what's going on, but if you talk about the FinOps and the culture, this is a top report or top visibility. Actually, that's a great question. What type of reporting capabilities can I get out of Kudos uh, that it were automatic or are there customizations? Yeah, well, I mean, it, it out of the box, you have to set it up, right, if you want it reporting. But um, like we have, I have basically my own version of Kudos for my team and where we can see different customer data and we can also see the team's activity and stuff like that. And so I choose to have QuickSight email me a report on, I think it's like on Fridays. No, probably Thursdays. So I don't blow everyone up on a Friday. Um, and you can set that up and you can set up the view and the way that it will uh, be delivered. And it and it, it's really like the dashboard straight to your inbox, which is really cool. So the, I'll get the reports. I'll be able to perform actions on it. And we are here for the Faces and Finals podcast, but we're primarily talking about the Kudos dashboards, the Cloud Intelligent dashboards, which are ultimately helping you visualize not only the savings, but the utilization that you're using or idle resources. By the way, I think the network tab is actually pretty cool because uh, that's uh, nobody sees the VPCs or the endpoints. They forget about them. I don't even think they realize that they cost money. They're like, oh, I'll just set it up. I'm using it. They destroy it. They're no longer going to use it anymore. What do you think like the top three reasons that someone has a third-party tool is? Uh, so one is a tool. They don't have to customize it themselves. No built in-house. I want somebody out of the box that can do it because my spend is so high, I need to get it under control ASAP. That's like number one. There's a skill sets right on there, right? You can't do it yourself. Don't know how to do it. Don't know what the heck you're looking at. I mean, the data is I go to uh, Cost Explorer, do this. By the way, there were some nice new releases. We are here at reInvent. I didn't disclose that or anything because it will come out afterwards. Uh, don't worry, Wade. We hope everybody attends your session. We'll, we'll give a shout. And I think I tagged you on a couple of posts. But I think that's even the top two. So I would say that that's always still going to exist. That and the integration of different data is, is always good. That's complex. I mean, getting an engineer to take my data and put it in a third-party tool, then my own tool, then I don't even trust this data because I don't even know where it's coming from. So I see it as like, I see it as two different ways. I either see it as someone deploys the Kudos dashboard and then says, okay, we need this a little more automated or not necessarily automated, but like we need this, we want someone else to be responsible for it. Basically, let's pass the responsibility off. Um, and they do a third party tool or like that is their learning as, as Steph was saying, like it was their educational piece to then figure out what's next. And then the second piece is, is the opposite way too, right? Someone who like went ahead and signed this big contract and um, has a third party tool set up and then realize how much they actually understand the data and how accessible it is. And, oh, I can kind of figure this out on my own. I've also seen where different personas will do it. So maybe they have the engineers or the people whose hands are on the keyboard really dive into the dashboards and then finance or C-level sticks to. But for overall, the biggest reasoning that I see people keeping it, keeping both is, is the integration, right? Because I mean, even if we can make it as easy as possible, you're getting to the point where you're maintaining like a data where a full-blown data warehouse, if you're bringing in, you know, all these other third-party data tools. So I would say that's, that's probably a top, top 
Yeah, and another reason is we don't charge for the dashboards. Customers pay only for underlying service. So I would say it's a very common pattern when customers start from, you know, from Kudos, from Cloud Intelligence dashboards, and then they see whether it's enough for them or they want you know, to explore some additional value of third-party tools, which is, which is totally fine. Yeah, it's their cho- choice, but at the same time, it allows them to get start, started not from, you know, from here, but from like much better place compared to, uh, compared to you know, analyzing raw data. So they they already um, they already starting with quite a solid foundation. And then they can, can can choose whether to use third party tool or not. I like they have a choice. It's not a requirement. And I think that actually where it comes into play, where I asked you earlier of in- integrating or keeping it as a standard for deploying out, because you want the customer to ultimately have a choice. Maybe they have their own. They want to use that. But if they want to use this, they click a button and it deploys it out. Wade, let's talk about how the Kudos dashboards fit into the FinOps culture. How do you see it fitting in? How do you see the visibility, the walkthrough of talking with customers and saying, hey, listen, we have this awesome dashboard. I'd love you to go through the well-architected labs, look, see what it's like. And then it's a huge thing for you to implement. Yeah. So I think one of the biggest things for FinOps culture is making sure we understand our data, know what our top spend is, know what our trends are, um, know which types of new services that we're adopting, who the teams are that are spending those. Um, And so it fits right in along with that. And because we can also have visibility at all layers of the business. And so we can have executives that have visibility into this with whatever view that they might need to suit their needs, and then down to a practitioner level where we can have those types of views. So it allows people to take action on wherever they're at in kind of that leadership stack. Um, So I think that's how um, it helps to get everyone on the same page, talking talking about the same data. I actually, on that, I, uh, on that, I forgot to uh, tell you guys this before, but I was in a customer meeting before where, um, the customer was actually using the Kudos dashboards to incentivize their customers. So if what, you know, if the way that they were deploying on their platform was more efficient, then they got a discounted rate for using it. And so it's it's like encouraging that FinOps culture internally, but also encouraging that FinOps culture for how they work with their customers and how they're collaborating outside of the co- company as well. When the announcement came out, what was it, two months ago, that AWS is now part of the FinOps Foundation, I want to get everybody's feeling on this. Yuri, I'm going to start with you. What was your feeling? Were you part of this discussion, like going around and you're like, yeah, we want to be part of it. We have to find the right fit and this is perfect. And then the announcement came out. Everybody knew or was hoping that one day it would happen. Yeah, it was so hard to keep it secret. No. <laughs> You didn't want to disclose it on my podcast at all. <laughs> it was it was it was very hard not to disclose it. And yeah, I was part of the group who was working uh, on you know getting us collaborating the spin-offs foundation. And I'm super excited that we're doing. And it's all about great community of you know, spin-offs, spin-offs practitioners, our customers, and it's all about be, being closer to them and helping them to be right there in their Slack, in their uh, channels to help them to address the challenges which they have. And I'm really excited to see how we already, we already started to to contribute to, for example, focus specifications, where we we got very quickly on board with release of version 
1.0 preview. And we plan to do more on this. We plan to be more involved into Martinops Foundation and collaborate more and help. I hope that, you know, all community will benefit. So hold your thoughts on focus because that's actually one of my questions and I want to dive into them. We'll, we'll tell everybody what focus means in a second. Wait, I want to get your thoughts. What were your thoughts when AWS announced that they're part of the FinOps org? So I've also was kind of, you know, privy to it a little bit, but I think at AWS, we're always working backwards from our customers. And so what we had to evaluate when thinking about joining the FinOps Foundation was, is this the best move for our customers? And I'll tell you, overwhelmingly, the customer feedback is, is really positive for us joining. And then even when we were considering joining, the customers were pushing us in that direction. And so I think that we're always looking to do what our customers need uh, on our behalf and uh, FinOps is an emerging field where we're still building that plane as we're flying it. And so I think it's really important to collaborate as a community. Um, so I really like that we're part of the FinOps Foundation and that we're willing to collaborate with anyone in the FinOps Foundation to help our customers be successful. It's a tad, just tad. I will say, so at Amazon, I don't think this is a big secret, but we have PR FAQs to, to push things through. And I think this was the coolest one that I was a part of. Um, getting to watch the initial whiteboarding of a PR FAQ and then actually seeing it turn into a PR announcement. Um, when I went on maternity leave in March of this year, uh, I told my leadership, I was like, if, if I say, you know, two things that are important while I'm out. Number one, no one better quit. <laughs> and number two, try and get us across the finish line for the FinOps Foundation. And I knew when I came back that it was about to be announced. And I'm really, really excited about it. I think that we've seen FinOps develop into much more of a competency instead of a, hey, let me go save this money and then move forward. It's much more of like, I have to build with this FinOps. I have to see this, I have to think about it. And that's going to continue to evolve. And, and honestly, the meaning of FinOps should continue to evolve. And I, I think that FinOps Foundation is doing a good job of this, of it shouldn't just be cloud financial management. Like what other data can we put together with cost data and, and tie in and, and make great insights off of? And I think that us announcing and, and, and becoming a partner opens the door for us to have a good a voice in that. It also helps us become part of this brand new job family. I mean, you know, your face is a FinOps. Like, it's really cool. Our team now has FinOps roles on the team, which is awesome. I mean, I hadn't even, I couldn't even find FinOps on LinkedIn when I first joined AWS and, and recruiting was a little difficult. So, that part and being part of that story is so important. And I'm really, really glad that we're doing that. I also am hugely part of the women at FinOps for FinOps Foundation. And I have always thought that FinOps is a great way for women to kind of get into technology when before they thought maybe that was kind of a barrier, right? Like I don't have a tech degree. I don't have, you know, I don't know how to code, so I can't do technical. And I think that FinOps is kind of surprisingly been this cool bridge for women to say, oh, well, I, I love the data. I can, I can get into this. So my long-winded answer. You knew that was going to happen, though. That's okay. <laughs> I did, actually. So I had a podcast with JR and Mike, and uh, we did it for, before FinOps X. And I had a prediction 
either before or at reInvent, there was going to be an announcement. I just had a feeling that they were, well, and I was hoping they would hold it to reInvent because that was huge, right? And reInvent's the time that everything gets announced. So I'm glad they did it before. So you can have all these sessions that are happening around FinOps. I know I've highlighted them on a number of things. There's so much going on. Uh, Wade has a session. Yes, I'm going to give you a plug in. Everybody will miss the session by the time this comes out, but they will get the recording so they can go back and see your session. Now, we've only got a couple more minutes left. And the one thing I want to talk about, Yuri, is what's next for Kudos? For Kudos, there are like endless amount of new insights we want to bring to customers. And actually, these performance improvements which we released in Kudos v5 opens for us a lot of doors for actually now going to, you know, resource level insights, which we were like hesitant to add because of like they were taking time to load. Now it's everything is super fast. We can, you know, focus. So what we plan to focus on more insights for S3 to help customers to visualize it. Another thing which we want to include in Kudos out of the box is ability to break down your cost per, you know, tags, cost categories, which is every customer has their own tagging. Every customer has their own cost categories. Every customer has their own breakdown of spend per, you know, their organizational taxonomy, like business units, departments, um, cost centers. So we want to actually make it part of out-of-the-box Kudos. So they don't need to customize their um, dashboard to bring this. While it's relatively easy, but still they need to customize it. They need to add some additional effort. So we want to make it part of out-of-the-box and help customers, you know, to get into uh, more mature FinOps capabilities straight out of the box. And one more direction which we are uh, working on now and what we are going to release in some next uh, couple of months is more insights for um, containerized workloads, more insights for standard usage within the you know, containers and uh, especially EKS. Jury, think bigger. <laughs> I know that those things are all coming and you guys are all working on them, but like big picture, what do you want? What I want is this all to become, you know, as we release this costing usage dashboard from AWS, I want all cloud intelligence dashboard be as easily available and accessible for customers. So they explore them in the console, they click it, and, and this becomes part of this stan like standard of AWS way how to visualize the data, uh, how to reason about the large amount of data. So like extend it to things like security lake, where customers receive a bunch of you know, security insights in a raw data format, exactly the like domain of uh, cost, but in security. Yeah, so they have a lot of data which they need to analyze, and you know, and go into other fields. Um, those protection with uh, web application firewall. So this concept really can go beyond FinOps, beyond cost, and it can be standard for any big data visualization. Wade, I actually want to pass that off to you because here's a challenge. You heard what Yuri would like, but, you know, big thoughts on this dashboard. Is there a point that adding all these things that you ultimately move away from what Kudos was meant to be? Or is it helping you integrate these things to more visibility, not only with your costs, but within your environment? 
Yeah, I don't think anyone needs to go deep if they don't want to. That's what's kind of great about Kudos is we can look at the dashboards and, and look at some of the views and we don't have to go super deep if we're not comfortable. And so I think the idea of it um, having more insights but still maintaining that it's really easy to deploy is that's where Kudos is really special. And so the more insights that we can drive is going to help our practitioners that are really deep in the weeds and um, it, keeping it easy to deploy like, like we are from the console now, I think that's just going to get better and better over time. Alex, think big. I don't, I don't know. I'm like cautious of if Yuri's going to, in my mind, the think big of it, right? I mean, I think we have some really exciting features that are on the roadmap that we're working towards. But for me, I would love for Kudos to be this framework and it uploads automatically when you when you sign up, right? You got your Cur coming in, and and Cur is cost and usage report for anyone who does not know. <laughs> um, but I would love for that to be deployed, and then the whole idea around like a kudos forum, right? Having it be this interactive space for customers, so that when new features come out or new things, it's almost like you see this list and you can click it and, and add it to it, or I can see, hey, this automotive customer is looking at their storage this way. They've changed the framework a little bit so that they can view this on top of their storage data and click and deploy that. And, you know, sort of that kind of GitHub community. Can you do where, that in AWS Post, right? Like, can you branch it? Is it part of that? Do you think it's a separate group? I think it group? could be. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think it definitely could be. Uh, maybe um, it starts separate and then it integrates in and like there's a link back to it where people are using that and other customers are talking about their problems and what they're looking for is, and then you can get some customer feedback on enhancements requests and, you know, add it to, into the th thing. And Well, you could also see what's popular, right? Like, what are customers asking for? What are they talking about? What are they asking questions about? What is something that the customer B over here built that now hundreds of customers are using? And then AWS can help support that and, like, give them a cool platform. And so that collaborative feel, which is basically how we do it internally, right? I mean, none of us are on a kudos team. <laughs> so I, that's how it's become what it is internally is that collaboration. It just would be cool if we could formalize that and, and have that platform for the. And then you can take all that data and you can query all that data on what customers are using and then enhancements for them in future requests. And predict. Yeah. You, I mean, you could say, okay, well, this is, or what if like, I don't know, in June, you notice that all media customers are focusing on storage or you could see so many cool trends. That's a good idea. We'll have to take notes on it. Um, I'm, in C I'm seeing version six coming out with some of these trends. <laughs> Yuri's like sweating. <laughs> <laughs> well, you are here. You're getting a bunch of ideas. Now, Yuri, the last question and the last thing I want to talk about before we wrap things up, and you mentioned it early, focus. And it's not focus on this conversation, but recently there was an announcement. I'm not going to spoil it. I'm going to let you talk about what focus is and how it plays a part in cost optimization. And then I have a challenging question for Alex at the end of this. So I'm going to put her on the spot for it. Okay. So uh, focus is, stands for FinOps Open Cost and Usage Specification. So it's a specification which is developed by cloud service providers, FinOps practitioners together. And it's uh, basically run by FinOps Foundation, who wants to like bring us all together and uh, create a specification for cost and usage data, which would be common for everyone and transparent, 
terminology would be like standardized um, and it would be easy to reason about your cloud spending usage regardless of you know cloud provider so then customers who are familiar with you know like wants to optimize something um, with their storage they know the entry point like because the data is pretty much standard they know the columns they know the schema they know um, the values which come out of their like you know cost categories so at the moment like everyone calls their service or services or categorize their services as they want like what what you call as storage or what you call as analytics which services so focus aimed to align this all in for example and will help customers to answer questions like what my you know spend per analytic services across across all my cloud providers and it also will help customers to be more let's say flexible in terms of okay, which uh, solutions they're going to use or enable customers also to build something for themselves you know because the data is standard they do not need to spend time on normalizing it across across different cloud providers so they can take solutions like Kudos in the future for example and use them across all cloud providers regardless of you know, where they are hosted Wade, Focus came out, uh, that are the announcement, right? So everybody's getting on board and we say everybody, all hyperscalers are trying to basically take, and I'm just going to use cur as the common terminology. Each one has a cur file, right? And they, but they use it differently. The columns are differently, the schema, the mapping, the terminology. And what happens And Alex this is what we talked about earlier about using third-party tools to visualize this is because Nobody in-house wants to take a different hyperscaler to this one and to AWS and try to put them together and understand what their storage is versus each bag. What were your thoughts when you saw the announcement? Were you part of the announcement? Are you part of the process or program? Yeah, and to add more complications to that, uh, you know, what happens when we release new features, new services, and then then you got to update your schema and all that, right? So having some assistance for that is, is really helpful. I'm not necessarily part of that, but I think it's really important because we know that you know, customers are on AWS. They're probably also using other cloud providers as well. Um, as some are all in on AWS, but we want to make sure that our customers understand their FinOps journey from a holistic perspective. And so that, that includes our cost as well as other costs, you know, that maybe even on-premises costs. So we want customers to build a more unified um, view of their FinOps and spend. Um, so this is a great way in which we're going to get there. And being part of the FinOps Foundation, I think it's just... It's just part of that, and and building this new unified schema is part of that as well. It shows customer obsession. The FinOps org, right? You're joined it. Uh, we all knew you would at one point. By the way, it it you just had to, it had to be the right fit. You had to align some things, uh, doing focus, and helping the customers understand their data. Alex, I'm gonna let you comment on focus first before I ask you this challenging question, and I'm really okay. curious only because it has to do with the cur, but. What were your thoughts on focus and how is bringing visibility to customers? I mean, I'm, I've, I've always been a fan of it. I think that any more accessible we can make data and how we're gathering insights of data and bringing data together is always a plus. I think, again, that, that is what FinOps is. Um, so any steps in that direction, I'm always, I'm always in, and to kind of go full circle of some of the other things we talked right? There's a lot of tabs and kudos. There's a lot of data. AWS is always going to give that data. I know that some customers are, you know, where do I go? Like, how do I even begin to look at this? Um, but kudos and AWS and the Cur 
right? It's you have all these options so you can pick the best one for you. We're always going to go to as granular as we possibly can. And I think that option will always be there because if the customer wants to, want to make sure that that option's there. I don't think the curve is going on anywhere. I think what's going to happen is that there's going to be a new way to visualize and it's just going to be a translation like a legend, right? So this means this in the curve, but it means this for all hyperscalers and you understand it now. That's really all it is. It's going to be, dare I say it, FinOps, it's going to be a common language, right? Everybody's going to understand regardless of what hyperscaler, what company's using what, you're going to understand your data. Yeah, yeah. It's all about simplifying reasoning about data and being able to extract insights out of the data to make your decision makers closer to the data and focus on actions and decisions, (laughs) the data-driven decisions rather than on, you know, exploring the data itself. Because it it doesn't bring any value. You know, exploring the data, learning the columns doesn't bring you any business value. What brings you business value is actions and optimizations or being able to, you know, effectively allocate costs and uh, calculate uh, accurate forecasts. Um, and, you know that's that's what can bring you business value and bring you growth of value. And you can't do that without proper visualization. All right, everybody, we got to wrap things up. Alex, thank you so much for joining us. Thank you um, and also thank you for the platform you give Optics. It's it's really cool. This is an awesome partnership. I know reInvent is specific right now, but. Throughout the year, I've loved watching it develop. I love I love these conversations, so thank you. You're welcome. Wade, thank you so much for joining. Yeah, thanks for having me. It's great to talk to you again, John. And Yuri, it's nice. to Actually, it's nice to meet both of you guys in person. Yuri, you and I met over uh, a Zoom call yeah. for a thing. So thank you so much for joining. Yeah, thank you for having us. And um, it's, yeah, as Alex said, always pleasure, you know, speak about FinOps. And thanks for, you know, for building this all <laughs> three event it's exciting platform and i'm just so looking forward to listen to and watch your all other podcasts and videos well we've got a lot more happening uh we want to thank steph who actually had to leave early thank you so much for showing now everybody this has not been another awesome episode or discussions around faces and finance powered by our good friends at prosper ops don't f- forget to hit that like subscribe and notify and also check out the prosper ops blog because guess what we're out of here